0: Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen.
1: And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo.
0: It's good to see you, Nicole. How are you?
1: I am doing well, Chris, and how are you?
0: Doing great, doing great. Now, today, this this is... <sighs> what would you say? This is old school brand mash. I When, when we talked about this topic, I was like... Okay, I'm going back to early days of of uh, horses, bran mash. Like I just haven't seen it in a long time, but I think people are still feeding it, aren't they?
1: Oh my God, yes. I literally had a call earlier this week, which is kind of how this came up. Someone was asking, hey, we bought wheat bran. How much water do we add? Well, a I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> B I I don't recommend it, and here's some reasons why. This this is old school though. It's something I 100% remember, like on a cold winter night or after a horse show as a little little kid. And it's just not something that you know we recommend doing today. We've learned some things past that traditional horse keeping that it's phased brand mashes out for the most part but you know clearly it still hangs on a little bit
0: yeah 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 and, and and this is not to confuse mash i mean we do mash our concentrates we soak it sometimes we put hot water in it uh to to make a slurry this is bran wheat bran specifically right
1: generally wheat bran I mean there are some commercial products out there that are mashes that um are composed of different things some of the challenges we're going to talk about with wheat bran also pertain to some of those commercial mash type products as well but yeah like our main focus is like the very traditional wheat bran mash starting with like what the heck is wheat bran and what what do we do with it right
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I guess what nutrients are in there or why would – what is a horse owner thinking when they feed this?
1: I think the primary reason, at least, you know, my experience again as a little kid was that we were doing it when horses we felt were stressed for some reason and honestly a little bit of a treat as well. Like the making of the bran mash was also a bit of a ritual A lot of times you added other things, cut up carrots, cut up apples, some oats, and like you made this warm soupy thing full of yummy ingredients to give to your horse. So I think primarily the reason people are doing it is because they they feel good doing it and they think it's a way to make their horse feel warm and happy. There is a little bit of a thought that it might be a laxative and help with some bowel issues as well. But ultimately, you know, mostly it's the horses stressed. I want to do something special for them. I do know like some barns used to do it once a week, like every Sunday. That was part of their program as well. But, you know, generally I'd say it's mostly phased out and it's enacted in times when people think their horses stressed. So they want to do something extra special for them.
0: We love them so much. I mean, we do. We, we just want yeah. to give them everything <laughs> and just hug them and be like,
1: oh, don't be stressed here.
0: Have this little treat. But we know brand mash isn't healthy because what is in it? What nutrients are, are, are in there that can be problematic for the horse?
1: So I think the reason some people feed it is because they think it's a good fiber source, which which is really not. It's actually pretty low in fiber itself. It's actually very high in non-structural carbohydrates, which is probably why the horse likes it, right? It's this sweet soupy thing. We've done tons of podcasts on why non-structural carbohydrates needed in moderation, right? They fuel the brain, all of that stuff, but large slugs of it for some horses, especially really not healthy. Feeding it long-term, it has an imbalance calcium to phosphorus ratio. It is super duper high in phosphorus. Um, In fact, Every once in a while in like an old school feed that's trying to balance an alfalfa-based diet, sometimes I do see wheat bran as an ingredient because of the phosphorus it brings in. You know, we, we use some more updated ingredients in our complete feeds today that are meant to address those high calcium diets, but it can potentially be used for that. But that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about feeding it straight. So functionally, the issues I see, it can be a large slug of non-structural carbohydrates, sugar and starch. If you're one of those people who's doing this often, you really are providing an imbalanced diet. You know, calcium and phosphorus, I don't know if we've done a podcast on this. We should maybe talk about it more. But the calcium to phosphorus balance should be between one to one and two to one calcium to phosphorus as long as we meet the minimum phosphorus requirement. And it has to be super tight like that in our breeding animals and our growing ones. The mature horse can tolerate a wider calcium to phosphorus range up to seven to one, but the calcium always has to be higher than the phosphorus. And depending on how much bran you're feeding, because it is super concentrated in phosphorus and has essentially no calcium, you could upset the balance of that diet and provide more phosphorus than calcium. In any age horse, you know, Definitely in our growing horses, but even our adult horses, you can create significant health issues by having that inverted calcium to phosphorus ratio, specifically hyperparathyroidism. So something we want to avoid doing, it just upsets the balance of the total diet. And then, you know, finally, let's say those are the two like, oh, God, things have gone tremendously wrong type issues. Think about when people are normally feeding a bran mash, when they think the horse is stressed. Okay, stress dramatically increases your likelihood of digestive upset. Why in the world would we introduce something totally different? Different, th- yes. Yeah, than the horse's standard diet when yeah, we are worried yeah. about them being stressed. Because the other thing, in addition to stress, we know significantly increases our risk of digestive upset, specifically colic, is rapid changes in diet.
0: And yeah, adding, absolutely.
1: Adding a brand mash is a tremendously rapid change in diet, um, particularly the straight wheat brand. And this is where I kind of bring up, there are some commercial products that are brand mashes or mashes that, again, would be this dramatic change in the horse's diet.
0: It, it is. It is. Okay. A plug. And, and and sorry, listeners, you know, I know we're not yeah, always trying to push products or anything like that. But when Nicole was speaking about stress and the gut, I went to constant comfort. So, you know, and there's other products that other companies make. So if could you tell an owner if a horse is stressed, it's okay to feed Constant Comfort? So why how is that different than say brand mash?
1: Oh, great question. Yeah. So there are some supplements that are definitely appropriate. To be fed during those stressful periods. Constant comfort is a good example. Um, Normally, I recommend we have those horses kind of on that long term, and maybe we might increase it during stressful times. That's not to say that we might not introduce it during a stressful time either. Small feeding rate, not gonna upset the total balance of your diet, and it's not gonna be a dramatic change because you're adding it on top of their diet, not a big change because remember you're usually feeding like a couple pounds of bran mash plus all the yummies, the carrots, the apples, the whatever. Uh, a really good product that I would tend to use in that stressful period. If I'm just looking for like intermittent support would be advanced paste. So it's a pre and probiotic paste that comes in a tube has some added trace minerals and vitamins as well. But that's an example of, Hey, the horse is stressed. I know during stress, the requirements of the immune system go up, and the horse's digestive tract is so delicate. Like There are plenty of research studies showing that any amount of stress, simple as trailering, can change the microbial population of the horse's digestive tract. So something like the probiotic paste would be a good option to introduce during those stressful periods. That's not going to dramatically change your diet. In fact, if you're already feeding tribute, it's the same probiotic, just in a higher dose. So it is additive to your diet rather than a rapid change.
0: Good. Okay. So there there's things out there in the market for owners uh, to feed in those stressful situations that we can say, okay, he's stressed. I want to give him something. This is what I should give him. So give him some probiotic and the paste or the constant comfort, or wherever you live, you know, whatever products you have that are similar. Now a big problem with brand mash, I was reading, is it's high in NSC. And we do a lot of, you know, we've talked about this NSC high, low, what to feed, what not to feed, you know, which type of horses, uh, what are some of the complications with a high NSC, sup- not supplement, but feed like brand mash?
1: They're not going to be appropriate for our horses with underlying metabolic conditions. So your insulin resistance, your polysaccharide storage myopathy type one, those horses are very sensitive to sugar and starch in their diet and they may actually have significant health impacts. When we have a situation where we feed a meal that's big in sugar and starch, you know, particularly feeding a really big bran mash make the horses feel good. If it doesn't all get digested in the small intestine, it ends up in the hindgut where it's rapidly fermented into lactic acid, drives the pH in the hindgut down. We then kill off some of the good fiber digesting bacteria that like that higher pH. And you know what? We did this in the first place because we thought it was good for the horse's digestive tract. Like functionally, it probably makes sense that it's a laxative, right? Because you've upset the balance of the horse's time <laughs> that exactly. created diarrhea. Um, that's not the type of laxative effect I think people were going for when they did this. You know, so functionally, some horses do fine on higher sugar and starch diets. And it's certainly appropriate for, you know, the racehorse, for example, who needs tons of energy. Most horses don't. And they certainly don't do well when they have a big slug of it that they're not used to digesting
0: yeah yeah no I so the one of the questions I want to ask is is there any situation where you would feed brand mash and I can't I racked my brain I could not think of one situation where it's like okay this is a good idea to feed brain mash
1: yeah, I can't really think of one either. <laughs> I don't think, so. think so. But I will say yeah. we can create the experience and some of the perceived benefits of brand mash, but not feeding a brand mash. As you pointed out in the beginning of the podcast, you can make a mash out of what you're feeding today. So, you know, there are some times I'd recommend maybe you just want to make a warm mash because that makes you feel good to give to your horse We could definitely do that. So we can take your existing feed, add warm water, make it a little soupy. A good example of when we might do this is if we want to add extra electrolytes to their diet. So they've been working really hard. They're really sweaty. We might make a mash and add electrolytes, but we'd make it out of what they're already eating. So if you're feeding Senior Sport or Calm and Easy or insert any concentrate that is their day-to-day meal, just turn that into a mash. And then you can recreate that. You know, I think part of the reason people also do it is to encourage water intake. I will say like the amount of water you actually get into a mash is relatively small. There are definitely more effective ways to maintain the hydration status of the horse, you know, but it certainly doesn't hurt to get a little bit more moisture into them that way as well. The other thing I'm thinking about is like the cold night. Like I want my horse to feel warm and cozy. For one thing, like horses don't experience cold exactly the same way we do. But functionally, you know what creates lots of body heat? Forage.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So yeah. if you go back to our podcast talking about feeding in the winter, if you have one of those blisteringly cold nights, throw an extra flake or two of hay. A, it keeps them busy. It adds some extra calories because they're expending energy to maintain thermoregulation. And forage is naturally producing heat when it's digested. So you can accomplish kind of that feel you were going with on the brand mash on the warm night, but actually functionally do a much better job supporting the horse's biological needs.
0: Those are all great points, Nicole. Yeah. So that podcast, I did write it down, was January 21st in 2021. So we, we've been doing this you know over a year and a half, which is great. Uh, but yeah, it was a very good podcast. We did talk about how more forage helps generate more heat during those cold nights, not feeding higher NSCs or quick energy. Uh, that doesn't help the horse at all. It's more forage. So uh, all good, great points about brand mash. Now, any final tips on this? Uh, just avoid it. I mean, just avoid it. That's probably the best tip we can give.
1: Yeah. In general, I, I would not recommend feeding a brand mash. Instead, let's think about ways we can recreate our goals without dramatically changing the horse's diet. And if you need some you know, tips on doing that, we're happy to help provide that.
0: That's great. That's great. Yeah. And thank you so much for our listeners. And again, if you have any questions, that link is in the show notes, a free consultation with our nutrition experts that uh, can can help you if, if you're confused about brand mash or any type of mash, please feel free to, to click that link. And thank you for the comments on Facebook. Keep them coming. You can send us any topics you want us to cover. We'll add them to the list, and that can become a future podcast episode. But thank you so much, Nicole. Great stuff today, and I can't wait to to get back to our next episode for next week.
1: Thanks, Chris.